I struggled to do this show because the topic is not one that I want to discuss. Uh, it's just, it's, let's just say that this is a conversation that is not easy to bring up. It's uncomfortable. I mean, it is what it is. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I started this podcast because it's important for, for everybody that listens. And it's important for all of us to understand and basically to know that we're we we're in this together. Um, it's never easy when you're talking about losing a loved one. It's never easy to um, discuss death uh, for various reasons. But I am happy to say that people who are out there listening to the Dr. Bryant Speaks show is reaching out and they are basically asking for that conversation to happen. So it's my responsibility to do that. And if it means that I have to be a bit transparent and uh, emotional, then so be it. So um, before we dive into this, I wanna say thank you to the sponsors um, you guys have been so helpful. Um, thank you to the people who are writing in and emailing and contacting. Uh, this has been a, <laughs> it's been a ride and we're still here. We're still going. Um, you know, when you get an email from some of the podcast channels and they reach out to you and they give you certain data about your show and you sit there and you scratch your hair going, wow, that's pretty cool. So that gives me the enthusiasm and the strength to keep going, regardless of how comfortable something can be. So again, my name is Dr. Bryant. Um, you guys, I think you know me by now. You know, I, I served in the military. I was with a unit that's considered a uh, very elite unit that did things that put me in different parts of the world and country. And, uh, you know, I trained with some of the best there is. And we've had our situations. <clears throat> but the story doesn't stop there because then you end up coming back home and you face new realities. Now, I'm definitely not trying to compare myself to the Vietnam vets. Because because of them, you know, things have gotten a little better. Resources have become a little bit more available and we're pushing through. But shows like this and others, it still requires us to communicate and support. So here we are. And um, we're going to talk about something that's going to hit home for a lot of people. And uh, part of those people are in myself. So um, let's talk about how we can manage the loss of death 
losing loved ones and how we can deal with that. And I'm only going to tell you the circumstances behind my strategies and hope that will help and give you a little guidance. Um, Because, you know, the truth is, we all know that life has a time clock attached to it. I mean, no person will cheat death. I mean, and to this inevitable reality is sometimes hard to bear. I mean, many of us, you know, we have come we come to terms with it. I mean, let's be honest. We, we know that it's going to happen. And there are so many of us that still struggle with this reality. The worst part of recognizing this reality is when you are given a notice to move forward in the line and receive your ticket sooner than you anticipated. You know, people who acquire a disease like terminal cancer, for instance, you know, they have to face this reality. And I cannot try to understand the emotions they are faced with. Or how about the person who is suffering from a disease that is slowly deteriorating their body each and every day? You know, they start to lose control of what they're able to do. You know, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, or I think a lot of you probably know this as Lou Gehrig's disease based on a baseball player who eventually, who had this disease, who brought it known to all of us. You know, that's a disease that does exactly this. It breaks down the nerve cells and you slowly lose the functions and the ability in your muscles. And it gets to the point to when you can barely eat or swallow. Now, I'm not not indicating, I'm definitely not glorifying anything related to this. You know, I would not wish this upon anyone. And I sure as hell don't understand how they can manage the emotions that relate to this. These conditions that people incur It's got to be difficult. Yet so many people have to face this. And family members are emotionally burdened to have to be a part of it, to watch it, to witness this. You know, you guys know, you listen to my shows or else you wouldn't be listening now. I I see the views. I see the watch hours. I, I, I get the messages. You already know I'm a military veteran and you know, as such, I have had my share of seeing and witnessing the loss of life in both the military and as a civilian. You would think by experiencing such a thing once, it would make it easier on a person. However, The reality is it actually becomes harder each and every time because what I have learned personally is that I start to wonder why I am still here. This is why I'm talking about this now. I am choosing to discuss my reality of managing the reality of death. 
because I want to ensure that you do not allow your thoughts to question yourself. I don't want you to make a decision that you cannot take back. In combat, when you lose a soldier in a firefight, during the situation, the scenario, man goes down, you pull him to safety, you're not sure he's dead, you're, you're checking his vitals, you're, you're, you're asking for cover, whatever the situation is, you are so emotionally focused with adrenaline at a level that is hard to describe. The reality of losing someone does not even set in till things have come to a point of focus and then it hits you hard. And depending on the relationship with that person, it can really hit home. The worst part is that the nightmares and visions only begin to start. That led up to the situation and you also start to question what you could have done different and if it was even your fault. With so many scenarios in existence when you're in a military scenario, it is hard to know or blame yourself. And you are left with guilt. You're left with sadness and regret all at the same time. I mean, I'm not gonna even go into the history of your relationship with this individual. You know, you, you probably, you know, already spent a few years with him or her, you know, I know as a ranger, there are times where my ranger buddy, I knew him back in basic. We went basic. We went AIT. We went to RIP together. We, you know, we went to battalion. We got the same battalion, uh, got to go to school together. I mean, on and on and on, depending on the scenario. But your brothers in ours, brothers in combat. And you, that guilt is there. You've gotten to know his family. He probably invited you to, uh, you know, Thanksgiving with his family. Probably met his his wife, her best. You know, you're his best man. I mean, it, it goes on. You're a godfather to his kids. All right, let's move on. As a civilian, things are much different. The death of a family member you try to tell yourself has nothing to do with you, right? You know, when a disease takes that loved one away from you, you know, you think, well, maybe this is a little different. You know, early after I departed the military, my first experience of witnessing the loss of life was my ex's beloved aunt. I mean, she was a pillar in her community and she was a pillar in the family. 
I mean, she was a spiritual woman with a smile that was contagious and a heart so warm and loving. So why was she a candidate to acquire a life-threatening and terminal disease when she clearly was one of the good ones? You know, I, I say this in recognition that we have to be honest with one another. You have the good ones and you have people whom are simply not good. I mean, let's be honest. We know who those people are. And if you do not know them, just turn on the news, watch the news, both internationally and nationally. We see them all the time during mass killings, church killings, racially motivated killings. I mean, do I need to go on? We see these individuals with their crazy mugshots, wearing the orange pajamas, and many without any regret. Yet, there are families that were devastated by losing their loved ones because of this individual. My aunt was in her older years and had adult children with children. Therefore, she was able to see the fruits of her existence before she actually departed. And if you did not notice my comment, I stated, <laughs> I stated she was a religious woman. Therefore, if you believe in that, you will know that she had a VIP golden ticket to the pearly gates. In fact, she probably rode the express line and, I, and, and didn't even have to knock on the door. That is the type of godly woman she was. Now, for me to see this and to see her past was really sad. But I noticed that it did not have much of an impact on me as I thought it would. Not because she was my ex's, you know, aunt, you know, I'm more of a, a in-law type nephew. No, mostly because her depreciation was slow and moderate. You know, it allowed family members to include myself to slowly watch and it gave us some acclimation to seeing her eventual departure. However, I do feel horrible because, you know, to her departure, because I get the feeling she was ready to go before she actually did leave. You know, I feel bad because I feel like her presence for her to kind of limp forward or limp on was only for us to catch up to what she was already feeling. Catch up to the reality that she was going to leave us. You know, this is very similar to my grandmother who passed away not too long ago. I believe my grandmother, who, by the way, also has an expressed or had an express ticket to the gates, um, I have a feeling she was ready to go long before we were ready. 
The reality is what we as people do not always pay attention to is partly to us not having some awareness to what they're going through. Okay, so let's 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 talk about that. Here's what I mean. The symptoms are easy to detect because the medical science gives us a cheat sheet. Okay, uh, it gives us a you know the information to know what the elements of sickness are, and we make our feeble attempts to provide medication and other workarounds to hold on what we can for ourselves and or others. But sickness comes in so many forms that we have to really listen or observe. Okay, I do have a real life scenario here. One of my uh, veteran Ranger buttons, he committed suicide. And I and I I, I struggle with this. Um, his name is Kenny, or was Kenny? I see. I I can't even put him in the past tense. His, his name was Kenny, and I talked to him almost, you know, almost every night. Um, probably, you know, within the six months of him, you know, moving on. He apparently thought I was, you know, somebody he could, you know, call and, uh, you know, talk about different things, you know, such as our motorcycle chapter that we were trying to stand up in our, in our area, which was an all-inclusive ranger type motorcycle club called Killer Man's Sons. And uh, we would talk about that and, you know, he'd give me tasks to do. Um, and, you know, him being the, uh, the key person for that, it was pretty cool. And I was glad and fortunate that he was contacting me about different things that I needed to do. Um, but in addition, those same conversation also evolved into, you know, his role as being a teacher for at-risk students. And he knew I was a part-time professor. And, you know, we would conversate about different things in that area as well. So he and I would talk for hours at a time throughout the week, and nobody really knew this. It was just something that he and I shared. Uh, we didn't inform anybody. And not once, not once did I ever detect that he was depressed or sad. I, I knew he was not happy with his job. I mean, I think there are a number of people out there in the world that, that are not necessarily happy. I knew he wanted some help with a test to expand his teaching credentials because he wanted to make more for his family and he was trying to uh, get a new license. However, with the motorcycle club evolving, we were so close. I honestly looked at this as something in our future. So having a future outlook is supposed to give you something to look forward to, right? I mean, am I, am I, am I off base here? Apparently that future was not an outlook that gave him 
a positive perspective, at least not enough for him to not make the decision that he chose to do. He left a wife and a son. You know, when Kenny took his life after the second attempt, it, it left a lot of us confused, specifically myself. Personally, I was not sure what to do or think for a long time. You know, I, I told you, we had our conversation. So what did I miss? What did I say? You know, was it related to his license for his school? You know, not making enough money. You know, I, I, I don't know. On and on, I, I thought about this. Then over time, I had to acknowledge that there had to be more that goes on than I am even aware of. And I say that in, in, in this, here's what I mean by this. People have lives that appear one way and on the outside has an entirely different circumstance. I, I, I got a personal experience. My, my ex, you know, um, <laughs> you know, she wanted everybody to think we had a great life. I mean, you know, we, we would have my son's first birthday party. You know, we had all these people. We reserved the location at a golf course. I mean, but the truth of the matter is, I was miserable. If you look on our Facebook and look at old photos and things of that nature, it looked one way, but you really could not tell what was really going on. And in relating to my friend Kenny, I sure as hell did not know or see that coming. I didn't see it. So I continuously asked myself, and I'm asking you to not carry that. It's not on you. I mean, there's got to be something else. Is it possible that there is more to the story? I mean, do you even have access to that? If you do not have access to that, then I think you can I think you can move on because there's something else that you will not be privy to. Now, I'm not saying to forget. Absolutely not. I think about Kenny all the time. But you cannot continue with the guilt. And we're going to talk more about that because guilt that's a powerful thing. This is why I'm doing this show. Now, let's shift gears. What about when you do have access? What about when you have the person living in your home or you had some level of responsibility and you still lose that friend? child, relative. I'm not going to go into the details. 
but I was and still suffer from an extreme sadness of losing my younger sibling. I watched my little brother grow up from being an infant. He was living with me and was loved in my family among my kids and my former spouse. Now your circumstances may be slightly different and the details are not always the same. I, I get that, I get it. But your level of closeness and or responsibilities is what you will have to determine if this relates to you. When I lost my brother, I refused to see his body. I, I know some of you are probably reacting to that statement right now and you're trying to understand like, how could I possibly, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I, I refuse and, and I'll try to um, clarify that. You know, I just, I did not want to see him. And I think for a long period of time, I, I, I ignored the, the awareness and did not acknowledge that he was not with me anymore. I struggled for years and I still have the haunting feelings that I did so many things wrong that could have prevented this. You know, the front and back end, you know, starts from where I insisted on him, you know, getting a job to the very last thing when my ignoring my daughter's phone calls when she was trying to reach me as he was passing away on our living room carpet because I put work as a priority and simply made that something that was clearly more important. And I can think of quite a few things in between. Although I hate so many things about the situation, I am very happy to close my eyes and be reminded of his face and smile. The last time I saw him, this is precisely what I remember and will always be the same thing I can hold on to. Remember, I never saw his body. I refused to see the after effects or any process of cremation. I only have our last conversation and his smile that was based on how proud he was to have this job that he was doing and me expressing support. That was our last interaction. This I can hold on to. Similar to that, is my cousin Kenny. Yes, 
another Kenny. I know, but this one's my cousin. Now, I've never had accountability of Kenny. I mean, he's a grown man. He in his own way, free spirit. He wasn't even living in California anymore. But Kenny had a religious foundation that allowed him to maintain a certain strength of goodness. His gifts granted to him gave him the formulation of a personality that allowed him to engage with others with stories and laughter. He had a unique laugh and is always finding ways to make you appreciate his presence. The last time I saw Kenny was when I coordinated a Super Bowl get together among the male cousins all of the similar age. And, uh, you know, I, I got the call from his brother, you know, things were not looking good. So we wanted to, especially myself, wanted to take advantage of this time. And just so happens, Super Bowl was coming around the corner. And I, and, and, and anticipating one of the best Super Bowls to happen in a long time uh, with the Buccaneers and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, we met at my aunt's home um, where he was living and obviously ill. It was understood that he was terminal with his kidneys failing, but his spirit was up. And, and like normal, I mean, he was just upbeat. If it, if it was not for the medical information provided and his physical appearance, I would not have been the wiser of his limited time on this earth. Again, my last conversation was, you know, I, I, I had my conversation with him that we were going to ride together. I mean, he was going to purchase a, you know, I don't know if it was going to be a Can-Am or a trike, but he was going to get his three-wheel motorcycle because he at least acknowledged he couldn't do the two wheels anymore. So, you know, but we were going to, you know, he's going to join me on a ride. I found that so inspiring because I knew, he knew he was terminal. Yet he wanted me to know that he was going to ride with me. He wanted me to know that he was gonna ride with me very soon. So I promised to return in a few weeks and bring my newest Harley down for him to see. That was our last conversation. I did not make it back in time. And uh, I, I lost another due to untimely reality. As a podcast host, I share information with you because of either my expertise and or personal realities. 
the topics come from the audience, you know, all of our Facebook groups, um, you guys email me and I want to do what I can to keep the communication flowing. And we all experience the similar things that our lives are dealing with daily. For me, I have found that when I hold on and allow my last conversation, and thankfully they're always in a positive state, I allow my last conversation to be the end of a chapter or the end of the book for that matter to the existence of someone. It makes it so much easier to manage the death of someone I care about. And if this makes sense to you, maybe it's someone you care about. I close my eyes and I see my, my grandmother sitting on the couch. That was the last time I remember seeing her. Now, my grandmother wasn't smiling because she doesn't smile too much. This is a woman who's been through a lot. And if you read my book, you'll know, you know, she grew up in Chicago during some tough times and she pretty much is a no nonsense. I rarely remember her smiling. Although it could be because she had, you know, dentures, so maybe false teeth. So I don't know, maybe that's probably why she didn't smile. But I can close my eyes and I can see that. I close my eyes. I see my brother looking at me with proudness in his eyes, you know, because he had that job that was not too far from my house. You know, I converted my office in our home and he was his bedroom. Things were looking good. My cousin Kenny giving my other cousin a hard time and laughing about it, it truly makes a difference. Now, I last saw my aunt, the aunt with ALS. You know, the last time I saw her, she was fragile, you know, skinny. But she still had some spirit in her. And we would continuously visit, of course, almost to the point where she declined. I cannot remember specifically if she actually asked us to not visit at some point because I don't remember her being at the, the worst case you know, status. I, I don't remember that. So that's interesting. Um, either I blocked it out or maybe she asked us not to visit. I don't know. Um, but I remember the last time I saw her, she was at home laying on the custom bed that was brought in by the, you know, some medical facility, um, uh, maybe because she chose to want to be in her home. So there was still a, a level of strength in her. So I'm good with that. In the military, 
incidents of injury and or death are sudden and abrupt. And there is no opportunity to avoid it. So the visions are still there. The memories are still there. Basically, the night terrors that we, we as vets, we suffer through, those are there. And, you know, you can give us meds and uh, everything else to help us, you know, um, same thing with probably law enforcement and any other person who's gone through any kind of trauma, if it's sexual, physical, etc. These things are what we have to suffer through. But I use these examples and I, I, I find what works best for me and maybe it'll work best for you. Now, I'm not saying avoid your favorite person so you can remember them as they were in the, the conversation that you last had that felt good and then just abandon them for days and weeks or months. No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Because honestly, if I could have, if I could have had that second visit with my cousin Kenny, you know, absolutely, despite his appearance. You know, granted, it would have left me with a different memory. But I think it would have been worth it for him. And that, by default, would have made it worth it for me. I am already used to death. Losing people, I mean, it almost feels as if I'm becoming numb. Some might say I'm just unemotional. You know, um, the military got me off to a sad but real start and now it continues to be a reality. So figure out what works for you. You don't have to be or military, you got to learn how to deal with this in whatever field you're, you're in. I know this past 2020 year has been something that will be in the history books. This epidemic has taken so many people away. It's, it's insane. And I maybe I should have done this podcast a long time ago. I just hope my experience will give you some type of guidance, some type of guidance towards managing it your own way. And I pray you can learn to avoid the haunting visions and nightmares, if possible. My concern is that if you do not control the guilt, if you do not control the anxiety or depression, that comes with all of this, you will start to wonder, why not yourself? My aunt, my grandmother, and my brother were all people that have an expressed past to heaven. You think I'm kidding. If there is such a thing to having a golden ticket, I can guarantee you that when it comes to who you know, you know, to be granted the wings of an angel, you know, the moment they get there without probation 
without any type of assigned task to prove yourself in any other scenario we've seen in movies and TV that we assume may or may not happen. I can tell you that those three people that I know, they're doing okay. As far as my friend Kenny and my cousin Kenny, I cannot say for sure that they have that ticket. However, I do know this. If what they teach in the Bible about God being a principle of forgiveness, I can be sure that any negative deeds that were done by these two guys, I'm sure they were provided forgiveness because they also say, it is what is in the person's heart. And both of them had a good heart. Please, please do not let it eat at you. The guilt, depression, anxiety, the emotional control that somebody who you love not being here anymore, do not let it take over. Do not allow that burden to control you. Do not even think of questioning your existence over theirs. You know, I, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, hypocrite, I know that, because I've done this over and over. The things that I've done in my life, mistakes that I've made, I mean, I, I wonder, things that I've done, where I've been, people I've hurt, the, 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 just in small scenarios or, or hazardous situations I've been in, both in the military and outside the military, I'm still amazed that I'm here talking to you now and you can hear my voice and I'm able to do this podcast show with the title, Dr. Bryant, like I have something, you know, expertise, but I'm here. Don't question it. We have to accept that there is a plan and there is a purpose for you to be here. Of course, you have no idea what that is. You know, last night I was talking to my son and all he wanted to do to talk about was Lamborghinis. That's, that's his passion right now. He loves cars. And, you know, despite me wanting to focus on something else, I let him run with it. I let him talk it like that is... Both of our only concerns and interests. I want him to know that I have an interest in anything he is doing, no matter how small or big it is. Right now, I am alive. I don't know when that's going to change. Sometimes I think it's going to change sooner than later. 
And if that time or when that time comes, I hope that my son will keep those memories of our conversations that we have shared. And he keeps those knowing that I was his dad. And I was a dad that actually cared. And we shared that topic of cars. And he may not even like cars down the road. <laughs> Or at least not Lamborghinis. Maybe didn't. Maybe Teslas will be the new thing that he will actually like and enjoy. But he will remember that we had that. And maybe, maybe the plan will work itself out, and his impact will benefit someone else. And that impact because of the cars or anything we may have shared. Or just for him to be a father to my future grandchild or children and to be able to do the same thing. Because you just want your offspring to have better. So I say that because we don't know our purpose. We don't know what the plan is. So don't question why you're here. Because if you're listening right now to my voice or watching this on YouTube and you're literally pondering thoughts that are negative because you had a hard time, you saw the title of this and you thought this looks interesting and intrigued you enough to listen, don't go there because there's yet something for you to do. I don't care if you're unemployed. I don't care if you have no money in the bank. I don't care if your kids are not talking to you. You just had a divorce. You don't get along with your boss. I don't care because you do not see the big picture. There's a commercial I really like. I don't see it too often. I hope I describe it. I don't even remember the vendor. But it's something about where people do something kind to the next person and that person does something kind to the next person and on and on and on. But one of the things that I took away from that, besides the general concept of being kind, was that somebody outside of that scenario was watching. That's what I actually enjoyed seeing more than anything else. Doing something because it was the right thing to do and not even knowing that somebody's observing to show them that that's possible. I say that because it demonstrates how you don't even know what you do every day and how it can impact somebody else. So don't carry the burden of losing a loved one Use them as some sort of support to continue moving on. Hell, you know what? Make their, their life some sort of legacy for you. I don't want to give you, you know, different ultimatums. I'm not trying to say 
I know everything there is. And you guys already know, I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not even a psychologist. Sure, I got a minor degree in some of that, but that's not my expertise. But if this makes sense to you, run with it. And if you want to talk some more, reach out to me. You know where to find me. All the podcast channels, YouTube, and my website, Dr. Brian Speaks. Simple. And just remember, when I'm talking and I'm communicating, I'm also listening. And the thing is, somebody else is listening as well. So do not be afraid to speak up. I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for future discussions, guest speakers, and topics. My name is Dr. Aaron Bryant. That's our show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care.